You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Dan Patrick. Dan Patrick. So sports may be hard to come by at the moment. Nothing's permanent. I'm not saying it's permanent. But The Dan Patrick Show is impossible to miss. From our podcast to YouTube to the iHeartRadio app. Listen any way you want, anytime, anywhere. (coughs) Get away from me. Probably at your house. I'm just going to make some assumptions. Welcome to the Dan Patrick Show. NFL teams think Cowboys have, quote, unfair draft advantage. Jerry and his son Stephen Jones get to be together in the same home on draft day. Bringing you the best in sports talk, no matter where you are. It feels like teams are building in excuses if they screw up their draft pick. Never would I ever think that somebody would say Jerry Jones and his son in the same room in their home is an unfair advantage. Well, being in your own home is one kind of an advantage. Jim Nance, lead play-by-play voice of the Masters. Now I've, you know what I've done? I've shut myself out. I've locked myself out of my home. <laughs> I was trying to go back to my office. Broadcasting live from the Mercedes Man Cave, this is Dan Patrick. Hour two on this Friday, Dan and the Dan Nance, Dan Patrick Show. Glad to have you part of the program. If you're watching, you're listening, emailing, tweeting, all the above, spend some time with us if you can. We got uh, Meat Friday, Kielbasa, and Sausage. I picked the menu today. Kielbasa, no, Sauerkraut, I should say. We're going to have sausages with the Kielbasa, so I went Kielbasa and Sauerkraut today. I'm sorry, you know, McLovin and Seton and Fritzy are at their homes and won't be able to share in this. It sounds fantastic. Yeah, it's going to be so good. Well, gonna... you guys don't get to have any of the salad I'm having, so. Touche. <laughs> Who really loses? <laughs> McLovin just uh, held up a, uh, was that a turtle? Is that your your girl's turtle? No, it's a tortoise, actually. Oh, it's a tortoise. What's the difference? Yeah. I don't know. Doesn't a tortoise always seem big and, and a well, turtle is small? At the zoo, you have those giant tortoises. Yeah. That's how I learned about the birds and the bees, to be totally honest here. Um from the tortoises seeing the tortoises doing things at the zoo yeah anyway getting way off track here yeah but this is his name is hermes he's a tortoise he sits right to my left and how long have you had him i've had him for six months now and they say they live for 100 years (laughs) the tortoise lives for 100 years i don't think the turtle lives for 100 years because right tortoises yeah we had turtles you know I, i can i can now say this but we had a hamster and I remember that it died, Ooh. and I had to go out and get a replacement hamster. But the hamster had a, a little bit of coloring uh, on, on its forehead. Like like red, part orange, and part white? No, white, yeah. Like it had a, so it had a distinctive like, uh, birthmark there. And my kids are probably under seven, eight years of age. So I'd, I had four kids under the age of seven. And I remember that, oh, they love that hamster. And the thing, you know, I check on it every morning and I checked on it and that thing was gone. So my wife says, you've got to go get one. So I got to go get a hamster before they wake up. And then I got to put a dot. I have to paint a dot on the hamster's uh. head just so. And then, you know, eventually they caught on. Uh, somehow the, the white disappeared there and uh, I was busted. So they wanted to know where the hamster went. So it was a replacement hamster. I mean, come on. You should be all right with that. Yes, Eden. 
When I was younger, my uh, grandmother had a parakeet named Bing. And when she died, we got the parakeet. And so Bing was, uh, it was funny, the parakeet, you could put your finger in the birdcage and it would nibble on your finger. And you fast forward, I don't know, a year or two later, and we go on vacation. And while we're on vacation, we have these Irish guys. They're from somewhere in Ireland. And they're, they needed a place to crash for two weeks. So we went away for two weeks and they stayed at our house. And while they were staying at our house, the deal was if you guys paint these rooms, you can just stay here for free. And we sort of like bartered that. And so we go on vacation and we come back. And uh, my brother goes right over to Bing, the parakeet, and sticks his finger in and Bing doesn't nibble on it. And you're sort of like, what's going on with Bing? Why doesn't he nibble our finger anymore? <laughs> <laughs> and so eventually the uh, Irish guys just had this like overwhelming sense of guilt, I guess, because they could see the kids being like, whatever. And the one guy said to him, Rick, we killed your budgie. I'm sorry, Rick, but we killed your budgie. <laughs> and, uh, what they had done is they, because they said they were trying to be nice, but they were concerned about the fumes from the paint. Yeah. So they took the bird and uh, in the bird cage and put it out on our back porch <laughs> and the wind came and knocked it over and the bird flew away. <laughs> so they just tried to replace it with another parakeet, but they didn't know that Bing would nibble on your finger. And so, uh, yeah, we kept that one too. I uh, have a friend who has bulldogs and bulldogs don't live longer than, you know, seven or eight years. And he replaced a bulldog. He has two girls, two uh, younger girls and he replaced the bulldog um, because it, when it passed away. And the problem is when the girls would call for the dog, the dog would never come because it wasn't his name. And they, 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 come here, Rexy. And then all of a sudden, Rex isn't coming. And then so he got busted. <laughs> he, he goes, I, I found one that looked exactly <laughs> like the other one. And except for the name part of this. Yeah, Paul. What if we started doing that with grandparents? You know, the parents, when the grandfather is, you know, 87 years old, he passes away. You don't want to tell the grandkids, you <laughs> know, get upset, distraught, traumatized. Go down to the old folks' home and find a guy who looks like Grandpa Joe, about the same size, put a pair of overalls on him. Wow. Too soon? Yeah, that's that's dark there. Uh, Brian Cranston, the great actor, will join us coming up. Justin Herbert, Oregon quarterback, joins us in an hour, as will Al Michaels on the program. The Rams send their wide receiver, Brandon Cooks, to the Texans. ESPN says no to UFC 249, no matter where it was going to be held. And those are the headlines so far. Get some phone calls in here. What's the poll question we're going to go with this hour? So we put up, uh, are teams more likely to regret not taking Tua or regret drafting Tua? Okay. All right. What are some of the other poll questions that we had? You know, Terry Bradshaw had some comments on a Pittsburgh radio station where he talked about Tom Brady is not the greatest quarterback of all time. But he's saying, I think, from just a talent perspective, athleticism, you know, First of all, you know, Brady's resume is the greatest of all time for a quarterback, but Brady be the first to tell you. He's nowhere near one of the top athletic or talented quarterbacks of all time. But at that position, more than any other position in any other sport, so much, so much of that is just what you do mentally here. And you know, that's why Peyton Manning was so brilliant. Peyton couldn't outrun me. And he didn't have a great arm. He was just brilliant at the line of scrimmage processing information. Coaches will tell you the hardest thing for quarterbacks when they come in is 
how do you process that information in real time? Mm. Because when I send in a play or you change the play or you see something that's different and now you have to decide something, that's what you need. Can you do that in a span of 17 to 21 seconds? And, and then when you throw that interception, how are you when you come back? So the mental part of that is something that you can't measure. And that's why what Terry is saying is true. Tom is not the greatest quarterback of all time athletically. There are quite a, there's so many quarterbacks more athletic than him. But if I said to Terry Bradshaw, you got an open draft to win a Super Bowl, who would you take? Now, he still might say, hey, I'll take Roger Staubach or he'll take himself or maybe. I mean, I would, I would take John Elway. I think John Elway is the most talented quarterback I ever saw. He could run, he could throw. Uh, he was tough. He was a one-man offensive team. They had no Pro Bowl players on that offense when he went to those Super Bowls. And granted, they got roughed up there, but that was not because of Elway. Because when games were on the line, Elway delivered. He was spectacular. Joe Montana had no... If my consolation prize is Joe Montana, I'm good. If my consolation prize is going to be John Elway, I'm good. There are quite a few quarterbacks that you can take. But if I'm winning a game... Uh, winning a Super Bowl, who would Terry Bradshaw take? That's what I want to know. I don't care about the athleticism. You know, Joe Montana was a really good athlete. He could, you know, stand and dunk. He, he, was a, he wasn't imposing, but Joe was a great athlete. But I, I wouldn't look at this and go, oh, you know, hey, Tom Brady has uh, got the best resume, therefore he's the greatest quarterback of all time. Yes, we've defined those rules. In the Super Bowl era, we, they, we came up with that definition. But prior to that, that was not the case. Nobody ever said, well, Terry Bradshaw's got four. He's the greatest of all time. Or he's just as good as Joe Montana. But sports talk is, well, LeBron and Michael Jordan. You know, we love to have rankings. Who's the best? Tom, Tom's got to be the greatest of all time. He's got six Super Bowls. What if it was reversed and he was three and six instead of six and three? Then he would be LeBron. And Joe Montana would still be the greatest quarterback of all time, probably in people's minds. I mean, that's how tricky all of this is. If Adam Vinatieri doesn't make a couple of field goals, then maybe we look at Tom Brady differently. And that's why it's dangerous when you get into these conversations, because, if, you know, for every person you put up and say he's the best, you can put up somebody else and say he's the best, or there's a negative to that quarterback. But resume, hey, Tom Brady, you want to put him as greatest quarterback of all time? Fine. Most talented? No, but greatest quarterback? Sure. I have no problem with that. Yeah, McLovin. If you're going to do a who's the most talented quarterback poll in today's NFL, I was looking at some choices. Do you have to say Mahomes, or does anyone challenge Patrick Mahomes like Aaron Rodgers, or is it a runaway? Just talent, not Well, Well, Kyler talent. Murray might be more talented than Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he was going to be first-round draft pick of the Oakland A's. Cam Newton? Um, Lamar Jackson's extremely athletic. I, I, I'm guessing Mahomes would win it because we've seen him. He's a sneaky runner. He's not, he's not a great runner, but he's a dangerous runner. And with an arm like that and the, those wide receivers, he shouldn't run very much. Lamar Jackson, he has to use his legs. But Patrick Mahomes would win that, I think. I think he's probably looked at as the throws he makes, the athleticism in those throws, the ability to extend a play, beat you with his legs. 
Patrick Mahomes would probably be my choice for most athletic. All right, 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. You can watch this show for free. We're giving it away. YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. Say good morning to Dennis in New York. Hi, Dennis. What do you have for me today? Hey, Dan. Hey, Dennis. You know, I, I watch your show every day, and um, one of the things I enjoy most about it is the interviews. Fritzy does a great job, but he stopped me in my tracks when you did Hank Aaron. Oh, yeah. That was one of the most provocative conversations I've seen in a long time. The humanity and the sincerity of, of you and the and Hank Aaron was just very, very uplifting. And then you follow it with locking Jim Nance out of his house. <laughs> but, you know, at the end of the interview, Jim said, made a couple of really good points about nostalgia and family and being at home, and I, I, I really agree with all that. And lastly, you and I actually met in Syracuse when you emceed the Jim Beheim uh, gala. Yeah. My wife, my wife has a picture of you and I all tucked up. Uh, so the bottom line is really appreciate what you do in times like this. Uh, without any sports, for you guys to pull off what you pull off, it's, it's just kudos to you, and thanks again. Thank you, Dennis. If you miss any of our interviews from the Mercedes-AMG Man Cave, you can go to the DP Show app. But the, the, the Hank Aaron interview was, felt more like it was a phone conversation between Hank and myself. I mean, I, I don't hide my admiration love for Hank Aaron. Um, I just always thought he was one of the more class athletes that I've ever been around. You know, it's interesting that two of those athletes both played for the Braves. Dale Murphy is one of those guys who was just a, he was a class person. And a lot of times I'm asked about players, like, what's he really like? And a lot of times I don't know who the person really is. But I, I got the opportunity to get to know Hank Aaron a, a little bit. But I still didn't know him. And then, you know, when he broke Babe Ruth's all-time record and, I believe Sports Illustrated had an article where they printed some of the hate mail that Hank received while he was in the process of breaking a babe's record. And I mean, it really was it was heartbreaking because Hank Aaron didn't do anything other than go out and play baseball and play it at a high level, a Hall of Fame level. And that's it. That's what he was guilty of that and being African-American, if you want to call that being guilty of, because. What he had to read, I think he kept all those letters too. But, oh man, gut-wrenching. Instead of being celebrated, I think he just exhaled to say, okay, it's over, now can we just move on? And then Bonds comes along and, you know, gets artificially inflated and then passes Hank's record. And that's why when I said to Hank Aaron, Barry Bonds has the most home runs in baseball history. Hank Aaron is the all-time home run king. And I think he appreciated that because he was brought into, hey, what do you think about Barry breaking your, your record? And I felt bad for him. He didn't do anything. Hank did the right thing. But he had to comment on Barry Bonds knowing Barry cheated to break that record. Remember Senator John McCain when he came on? Like I said, who do you consider the all-time home run king? He said, Hank Aaron. And I've, you know, if I ask Commissioner Seelig, he would say Hank Aaron as well. But he has a very soft, he's had a great relationship with Hank Aaron for 
probably, you know, 60 years. All right, some phone calls here, and we'll take a break. Brian Cranston will join us, the uh, great actor from Breaking Bad. Art in Oregon joins us. Hey, Art, what do you have for me? Hey, Dan, I just want to I, I say the same thing as first caller. I appreciate you on the way you handle certain things because what you said about the quarterbacks, I really get, I really get tired of everybody in the other sport networks breathing smoke up Brady's posterior. In this time frame, he's the, he's the, I guess, the best, if you want to put it, in this time frame. But you can't compare him to, to Joe Montana or Terry Bradshaw or any of the other guys when they played when football when you could hit people and you could kill them. I mean, the, the object of the defense was to kill the quarterback. And, and comparing him to them, is that's to me, it's, it's disappointing because just because in this time frame that he's supposedly the best, I don't think you're doing a, a, a justice to those guys that played when, when football was football. And, yeah, uh, but also, and, and thanks for the phone call, Art. Brady is not the one who is, you know, proclaiming this. It's others who proclaim this. Brady is just going by the guidelines that we set up. We as fans, we the media, on who's the greatest of all time, how many championships. I like how Jordan can be the greatest basketball player of all time, but he doesn't have the most championships. Bill Russell does. Oh, yeah, but he was on a great – like. We, we're changing. We're changing the definition. This comes down to who has the most ability. Michael Jordan's the greatest basketball player of all time. Bill Russell is the greatest team winner of all time, but he can't be the greatest basketball player of all time. We pick and choose in how we want to define things. We make it work to you know our favor here. But as far as quarterbacks go, if you said I got Roger Staubach and you got Tom Brady, I like my chances. If you said, I had Brady and you had Roger Staubach, I like my chances there. I mean, that, that's what it comes down to. I don't think there's wrong answers here, and I don't think there's an overall right answer as well. But you do get into a dangerous territory where you start going, this guy's better than this guy and better than this guy and then better than this guy. And it goes back to what happened with the ESPN college basketball greatest player of all time. If you didn't see them, no, I'm going to be calm. It's a Friday. It's Friday. I got kielbasa and, and sauerkraut on the grill. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Dan, you're good. Dan, be good. Be calm. Keep okay. Saying, keep saying it. Okay. Was I talking? Uh, if you didn't see them play, it's hard for you to vote on something like that. I, I saw just about every player. The only person I didn't see was Bill Russell. Of all of the great basketball players, and I'm talking about, you know, Oscar grew up in Cincinnati or played in Cincinnati. I grew up in Cincinnati. And he played for the Royals because they had a a territorial draft back then. He played for the Royals. I got to see Bob Cousy play with the Royals. I got to see Wilt play in person against the Cincinnati Royals. Jerry West, run down the list of these players. Got to see Bill Walton's first professional game was at the University of Dayton against Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And I was there. That I don't think you ever told that one before. That's when I walked through the parking lot, and I was such a Walton fan. And I, I'm trying to think if I was... So Bill... I think... Let me see. This is 74 when he graduated, and I... I graduated from high school, so I went to the game, and I remember he came out and he had his uh, hair pulled back in a ponytail. He, he wore his bandana, and I mean, Kareem was just better than Bill. He was, and Bill would admit that. 
Uh, Kareem was a better player. I loved Walton. I, th- I thought he was, he, to me, epitomized people who played the ba- game of basketball correctly. I think he was the greatest. I think he understood the game better than anybody who's ever played the game. And I know that's saying a lot, but his ability to be team first, buy into Dr. Jack Ramsey's system, to buy into John Wooden's system. He was never about him being a star. But I remember that game ended and, and Bill got humbled in that game. And rightfully so, because Kareem was so great. And I waited for Walton to come out of the locker room. And he came out the door and he had a bag, a brown bag of berries and nuts. He's got a flannel, red flannel uh, shirt on, his hair pulled back. And here he is walking across the parking lot. And I walked with him every step of the way with about four or five other people. And I, I didn't say anything. I just remember just walking and listening. And he was talking about Kareem and, you know, Kareem was always, you know, his idol when he, you know, you know, he said all the right things. But I was like, I'm walking with Bill Walton across the parking lot. He's got a bag. I wanted to get a damn bag of berries and nuts. I thought that might make me a better player. Like, I got to get some. And uh, fast forward to that. We did a classic games of the NBA. And uh, Bill came in and we did one of those games. And I was the host of it. Greatest games in NBA history. NBA Entertainment did it. And, uh, and so Bill came in and he was the guest analyst. And I just remember, we got done with the show. And he said, uh, hey, are you going into the city? I'd like a ride. So I go, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll drive you. I wasn't going into the city. But I drove into the city and Bill Walton got into the front of, I had a... Uh, a Volkswagen Jetta. Yeah, man. So imagine Bill, who is over seven feet, even though he always wanted to be listed at 6'11". His, his feet are up. Like, like he could have rested his chin on his, on his knees. And so he's in the front seat. And he goes, got any tunes, man? <laughs> and I go, uh, what do you, what do you, I had eight track. I had eight track, you know, tapes. And I said, uh, hey, I got some Dylan. Dylan! Love Dylan! <laughs> I put Dylan's greatest hits. He sang the entire way into New York City when I dropped him off. So, one of my favorites. I don't know how I got off on that tangent, but hey, welcome to who I am in this show. We'll take a break. More phone calls coming up. We will talk to the great Brian Cranston. Find out what he's doing. Al Michaels in an hour and the Oregon quarterback, Justin Herbert. All of that coming up next 90 minutes here on the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live every day at YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. I saw this story yesterday. Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul, the stars of uh, Breaking Bad, are donating 30% of proceeds of all online sales from their uh, tequila. It's called Dos Hombres. And that'll benefit the uh, COVID-19 relief funds, in particular in the United States Bartenders Guild, um, I believe, through uh, May 1st. Did did I get that right, Brian? Kind of. You got a couple (laughs) things wrong. This the fact checker here. Okay, Okay. all right. That's why I asked. How are you, Dan? I'm good, buddy. Good, buddy. Good Good to talk to you. Good to talk to you, too. Hope everybody is well in and around your, your family, both at work and home. 
Yep, they are. I got I got a son in Singapore, which is a little nerve wracking. But other than that, you know, they're kind of mm. kind of close to home. Oh man, are, are, I can imagine. Are you all set up uh, in in LA at home, and, and is your daughter there? Yeah, our daughter uh, owns her own house uh, from doing so well in her young acting career. Uh, that she lives about two miles from us, oh, so it's, it's been uh, it's it's a nice little walk to go visit her. And looking over the fence, she's uh, self quarantined, and we're not able to associate with her, so we don't want to <laughs> take any chances. So, are you um, so bored that you're watching Malcolm in the Middle or Breaking Bad or any of your movies? I, I take umbrage to that statement, <laughs> young man, that I would have to be bored in order to watch those two fantastic series. Yeah, but most How actors don't that? do that. Most actors, and you're one of the great actors of our generation. I didn't think, like, I can't imagine De Niro sitting around watching Taxi Driver. No, uh, I would. Okay, what would you watch, Breaking Bad or Malcolm in the Middle, if you had to pick between a show to watch? Depends on my mood, sir. Sometimes I'm if I'm in a if if I'm down, I want to have a comedy. If I'm if I need to get serious, I'll watch uh, Breaking Bad. But uh, you know, I mean, been watching uh, Tiger King. That that thing is ridiculous. We we went through it in two days. But do you watch? Uh, like, I'm wondering if actors watch that and go, uh, "What role would I play?" or could I see that as a movie, or do you think that at all, or was it purely entertainment? It was just purely entertainment to me, and then all of a sudden it became real because apparently, and this is a scoop, um, they're going to do the movie version of this at some point, and I, I'm thinking, wow, I don't know if that would work. How can you make the the scripted version of Tiger King more explosive or bizarre or interesting or compelling to watch than the real thing. You so, can't. You can't because nothing so, replaces yeah. reality. Like when you go, I can't when I watched that, I thought it was if you said Christopher Guest and you know the guy who gave us Best in Show and right. Waiting for Guffman, if you said Christopher Guest just produced this to make it seem like it's a mockumentary, I would have bought it. I like Me that too. was the feeling I watched when I was watching. Yeah, it was pretty jaw dropping. Um, <laughs> and I, you know, some, some things you shouldn't remake. And I don't, I don't, I think I'd stay away from that if, if the, you know, for, for reasons of becoming a, a, a scripted film version. I don't know. I don't, I don't think that's a, a great idea. So but you're not interested in being in the movie? No. Okay. Uh, no. Okay. No. Um, I, I think I think hands off. You know, I, I once was uh, offered to do the Scarecrow in a play version of um, Wizard of Oz, and I thought, oh my God, how fantastic! It's so indelible. It's such a great role, and I was younger then, and I can flop around the stage and be goofy and funny. And and then I thought about it, and I realized this is a trap that you would have to do exactly what Ray Bolger did in the movie, or people would go, that's not the scarecrow. What is he doing? He's not, that's not what he would do. That's not how he acts. That's not how he sounds. So you are trapped. And I think this in, in a much lesser version is the same thing that how, how can you match what 
performances we saw in, in Tiger King. I don't think you can. We're talking to Brian Cranston, uh, star Breaking Bad and Malcolm in the Middle and Broadway and movies. And, uh, and I, I truly believe one of the great actors, if not the best actor of oh. our generation. No, I really oh, believe thank that. You. Uh, okay, thank so you. tell me all the things that I screwed up on the introduction. Okay, okay. So Dos Hombres is a mezcal. It's not a tequila. Oh. It's a mezcal. Now, all tequilas are mezcals, but not all mezcals. Tequilas. How should I drink uh, those hombres? You, well, I, I would drink it neat with uh, maybe a little slice of orange you can mm. take a bite of and take a sip. Okay. Uh, that's great. It, it goes great with, uh, with any kind of fruit juice, primarily you know, tangerine juice or, or, or um, mango or pineapple. It's really delicious. I, I put it in, in a margarita instead of tequila because it has a, a, adds a little smoky goodness to it, but not too much. It's really terrific. And, and you and Aaron you Paul know, came up with this. Like, Was this while you were doing Breaking Bad or after? It was about six years, believe it or not, six years after, or, yeah, about that, uh, after we were done with oh. Breaking Bad. Okay. And uh, we said, you know what, let's, let's do something because we can't work together as actors for a while. So let's, let's get this together and, and do something. He was the one who brought it to my attention. We should start a mezcal company. And I went, are you crazy in the spirits business? I don't know anything about it. But it was, it was intriguing enough for us to go down to Oaxaca and, and do investigations. And, and we were perfectly willing not to do it if we didn't find the perfect juice. And we found it. Just by luck, we found this. We named it Dos Hombres, two guys, uh, just two guys doing, you know, doing something that we're very proud of. And now, you know, Dan... It, we have we have employees that for the company now that we have we were uh, that are still on payroll and we want to keep that going but on the other hand we our hearts are breaking to see what's happening you know to to my second home in New York there and and all around the world and 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 so Aaron and I were talking and I said now's the time we just got to do something and we agreed it was 30% to the to the um, Bartenders Guild Relief Fund, which uh, Ryan Reynolds, it was Ryan Reynolds' idea. Mm -hmm. And we said, that's a great idea. Let's do that. Hit him with his aviation gin and Tito's is on board too. So 30% of all the proceeds that we make online sales, because there's no sales in, in bars and restaurants now. So 30% goes to that. Then we extended it. for So from now until... Uh, May 5th, Cinco de Mezcal, we call it. Um, <laughs> we are giving 100% of the proceeds. Everything above our basic costs is going to three different causes. One, still going to the Bartenders Relief Guild. The second one is going to the Hospitality Relief Fund, um, which helps other people, waiters, barbacks, dishwashers, people who are in the service industry and, and helping and doing such great work, completely shut off from uh, able to make any money. And the last thing is um, the... Uh, um, uh, the, the American Food Fund, and that was started by Leonardo DiCaprio, 
and uh, a great organization that just churns out 100,000 meals a day. Mm-hmm. And they're just for people who need food. So 100% split three ways uh, of every online sales from Dos Ombres at dosombres.com goes to those three causes um, through May 5th. So stock up, buy your Dos Ombres, and, uh, and, and you know that that money is going to them. And we'll look forward to making an announcement on how much we're able to put together and send their way. When's the last time you were drunk? <laughs> uh, God, it's been, it's been a long time, maybe 20 years. When's the last like... time you had to act drunk in a role? Oh, uh, maybe 20 days ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait, are you uh, working now? I just, you know, we had to shut down. I was I'm doing a, uh, a limited series in New Orleans called Your Honor for Showtime. And we shut down about well, four weeks ago now. And um, we have still a couple more episodes of that to, to finish before we, we're all wrapped up and in the can. So at some point we're going to go back down to New Orleans and, um, and finish that. But um yeah, it's just, and you know, that's another cause that came to my attention is um, all of our our uh, crew uh, being completely shut down as well. I mean, there's so many people who are hurting right now, and I, I can't. I'd be I'd be lying if I said I, I wasn't uh, thinking about how fortunate I have been in my career, and 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 that I'm financially secure and it's time to help those who aren't man it's really time to step up do you have a man cave at the house i have my office which is in uh dark deep red redwood uh (laughs) lots of wood lots and lots of wood there's some metal in there too some trophies and things that we shoved in there because we're not showy people so we don't want to put it out out in in the other parts of the house so i kind of shove them on shelves there and and i got my comfy chair uh i got my tv um and um you know i'm jonesing now because we're like it's so weird to 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 wake up and and look at the the feeds of the sports outlets and go, nothing going on today. I know. I know. And all you're reading is, on this day, 25 <laughs> years ago, you know, it's like, oh, enough. Hey, I've made a show out of that every day based off of that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I got to fill three hours, Brian. You were doing like an hour at a time when you did a show. Come on. I, I know. It's, it was easier Man. compared to what you guys are doing now. I, uh, I feel for you. Um, and, hey, we're and lucky. That, we're lucky that we're able to do this. And and I, people keep asking, "Hey, what are you talking about?" I said, "There's so much to talk about. You know, it's just, it it's not games, but then you, it it forces you to be creative. In what are you going to talk about, and who are you going to have on? It's like I can have you on, and I can have Hank Aaron on, and Jack Nicholas on, all in the same week, and it works because that's the show." 
but you're also interesting people. And that's what I try to point out. If we have somebody on, hopefully you'll buy into, you trust me that we have somebody that you'll yeah. be interested in. And like Nicholas, I've won the Masters before. And like Aaron, I've hit over 500 home runs. So that's the tie-in. That's how it connects. One of the great athletes of all time and a pretty good actor. It sounds like if you're bored, Brian, next week, like if you want to call in, because I really feel like you and your wife have run out of things to talk about. And if you want to, like if you just want to talk, like it's okay. Can I, can I, can it be like a therapy session? Yes. Yes. I can help you. I'll, I'll lay on my couch and just talk. Yes. Free. It'll be Free. riveting radio. Free. I'll be no, more than happy to no help question. you. I'll, I'll be more than happy to help you. Uh, give the well, website again. Going, give the website again. Uh, it's, it's doshombres.com. Dos hombres, D-O-S. Hombres, H-O-M-B-R-E-S. Dot com. Order today. 100% of the proceeds goes to those three Really wonderful charities, and as soon as I get off, I'm going to order bottles for you and mm. all the Danettes. Oh, oh well, and, you buried um, the lead. I, I was waiting. Like, I was going <laughs> to, how long did I have to have you on before you were going to send us some mezcal on Dos Hombres? It's coming, my friend. Yes. It's coming. It's coming. Um, Dos Hombres on the way. I'll send you a picture once we get it. Perfect. Uh, hey, great to well, talk to you as always, bud. Thanks, my friend. All Stay right. well. That, all right. Thank you, Brian. That's uh, Brian Cranston. I still marvel. If you look at Hal from Malcolm in the Middle and you look at Walter White from Breaking Bad, I don't know if anybody in the history of acting has ever had opposite ends of the spectrum like he did. We'll come back an explosive. And this might rank up there. Top five explosive Dan Patrick show. I team reports. It's Tom Brady related. Back after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live every day at YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. We have two guests on this one. First, we will bring in senior merchandising correspondent, Seton O'Connor Seton. Uh, a damning tweet from one Darren Ravel, very popular uh, sports business reporter, okay. saying Tom Brady's company has filed for two new trademark applications, Tampa Bay and Tampa Brady. <laughs> he intends to use these phrases on clothing and other merchandise. Filing first uncovered by Josh Gerben, the DP show has been selling Tampa Bay shirts. Okay. Yes, Paulie. Yeah, we actively had the Tampa Bay shirts, and we've had them in production now for weeks since... Actually, the, the day Tom decided to go to Tampa and it was announced, we started rolling them out. Um, let's bring in Darren Ravel, Action Network sports business reporter. Can we sue Tom Brady, Darren? You can't, but I think you can continue selling the shirts, Dan. Um, I, I am laughing right now because I can't believe he really <laughs> drank. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my god this is i mean tom, tom brady's uh oh my god remember in august of last year he tried to trademark tom terrific and that did not that did not go well uh but but either he or his people are are back oh my god i thought i thought it was a joke it's i had to look it up myself it's real it's true now can he sue us no 
So the way it, the, the, the the way it works is someone can come up with an idea, and if they don't now, I I'd hate to say you're stupid for not trademarking it, but who would think this would have really happened? Um, but yes, so so you you can freely sell it. Uh, he can uh, if he gets the trademark, which will take probably I don't know three to six months potentially. Um, then he can give you a cease and desist. But Ooh, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. Yeah, that would be. Wouldn't that be great? Yes. And, I mean, that that's really good content. Then you could frame it. Then you can ask him to sign it. <laughs> could be. Could be good. Could be good. What but would I, you I, advise I, us to do, Darren? Uh, I would advise you to you know try to sell some to Brady. Hmm. Like bring if him in as a first, partner. You want the first editions? You don't even have to make them. <laughs> no, I, I'd say, hey, listen, this is this is him. Uh, now, what? How did how did this come out uh, on the day he went to Tampa? Like that, you guys actually turned it into shirts. How did this happen? We were doing mock headlines of Brady going there, and then we we joked that it was so easy. We threw out Tampa Bay right away, and then Tampa Brady. And then I go, let's make T-shirts. And then Seton got a hold of our uh, merchandise guy, and then we started, you know, putting now, it in. Now, now, can we reveal how our our current sales brisk? Where are they coming from? What part of the? I mean, is it all Florida people buying that, or do we know? We, we got to get a breakdown. We just got to Seton. Do you have any information? I mean, we're worldwide here, uh, right? Yeah, but do you have yeah, any plus- information? I mean, yeah, Tom Brady is an international brand. So um, are the sales are so from all, all over the place, All 50 states and 221 countries, I, basically. That's what we're hoping. Thus far, right, yes. Right, right. Uh, make sure you stay on this story for us, Darren. If you need comment, uh, we're available. I, I, I will. I will. You should try to, you should try to uh, maybe you guys should try to sue Tom. Hmm. I don't think it'd be successful, but it'd be a great story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you, Darren. That's okay. Darren Ravel, Action Network Sports Business Reporter. Yes, Eaton. What makes this so great <laughs> is that Tampa Bay is so stupid. <laughs> it's the easiest it's idea. Just so dumb. I know. And he's actually trying to trademark it. I know. It. And like, I know. It, we, that there could actually be some type of legal battle over Tampa Bay is just <laughs> beyond hilarious to me. We, God, this is good. This is going to be good for sales. We're going to just sell a lot of these. Yeah. If you'd like a Tampa Bay t-shirt, go to uh, danpatrick.com. <laughs> Paulie's got the shirt on today. Oh, my God. This is awesome. Awesome. Mm. It'd be great if he sued us. And you, uh, I, I, you know, cease and desist. I'd be, I'd be happy with that. As long as he signs the cease and desist. <laughs> 